And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to the Lessons episodes of Success Story. These Lessons episodes will be shorter clips from past guests, accomplished value community members, and myself. In each short episode, we'll feature concise and insightful, actionable conversations and tactics, providing you with real-world strategies and tips to help you achieve your personal and professional goals. If you're seeking a no-nonsense approach to growth and progress, you've come to the right spot. Settle in, take notes, and enjoy. You know, we like to say, you know, what gets measured and rewarded is what gets done. And the fact is, unless there is a compelling reason for people to change, change is hard. And if what you have been doing, if you think it works for you, now your people can think you're crap, but if you think it's good enough and I have the job and there's no compelling thing that's going to make me change, you'll stick with what you know. You're not going to be an evolved person. You know, my colleague, Tasha Yurik, has got this great book called Insight, where she talks about the number one skill we need is to be self-aware. And her research has found that literally only like 8 to 10% of people are self-aware, though like 70% say they are, which is pretty scary. And one of the things that she suggests is that one thing we need to do to become more self-aware is have these, what she calls these alarm clock moments, these wake-up calls. And unless you have that wake-up call, that hit-bottom moment that, holy crap, what I'm doing is not working, you'll stick with it. And I think so many industries, and I've had conversations with many, many, many mid-level managers who say, you know what, we kind of try to change things around here, but the people at the top, they're all happy with it, and they're not going to change. So if they don't, things around here won't change. And so... There's got to be that sense of urgency. You know, John Cotter talks about, you know, the first core to leading change is you need to have a deep sense of urgency. If it's not important to the leaders in the organization, it's not going to happen to the extent that it can. Now, yes, can you do things in your own sphere and with your own teams? Yes. And ultimately, I believe every organization is limited by the level of the self-awareness of the leaders at the top of the hierarchy. And in, in following up on that point, is there a best practice to manage up? Let's assume that it's an optimal circumstance and there could be some change. But how, how would you suggest somebody manage up to leadership? And when we say leadership, I really want to clarify that it doesn't always have to be in a corporate setting either. It can right. be in a community setting. It can be in uh, a sports team setting. Like there's so many different yeah. ways that you can 
apply these principles to be effective in in your in your specific instance. So of course, most of this is going to be in business context, people that are yeah. trying to understand how to manage and lead, but there's a lot of other ways. But still, how do you manage up? So how do you, because I've always been told, and I also agree, that managing up is probably the hardest part of a leader's or a manager's job, getting people above you to change their mind. Yeah, it is. And it's funny, I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday who was asking, she's actually on a school board and talking about the head of the school board and that they weren't particularly open and, re- and open to change. So same same question. And it's interesting because what it takes is it takes a little bit of gymnastics and flexibility to do it is what you can't just go direct and say like, Hey, you know, you're sucky at this. Can you change? Cause that doesn't really work is you have to align yourself with what is our mutual common goal. And so you need to step back and see the big picture. What is that leader who is up above you? What are they trying to achieve? So starting from that place, and then figuring out how can you position and frame what you're going to tell them in light of this is going to help you help us to be better. So that takes a little bit of you know, like Aikido, right? It's like that martial arts using their energy to get them there. So if you can get them to agree that we are aligned on wanting to get there, great. Would you be open to some feedback on some other alternatives and see if they're open? to alternatives about how we could get there. And then they have now opened the door to see that the feedback is actually going to help them in some way. And then can you deliver feedback around, I think if we did things differently, this is all of those great political skills of how do you couch your message in a way that people can hear come into, ha- come into play, which is why I think what you're saying, this is why it's such a difficult thing to do, because it does take a level of tact and finesse to notice What's working? How do I have to slightly adjust and change my approach so that the person really hears me and that they know that I'm on their side? Certainly some things that we can do in advance is if we have demonstrated that we have done what we can to make our leaders look good and support what they've done in the past, that's going to go a long way to building our credibility as opposed to us coming out of left field and saying, hey, you know, I've got some feedback for you. (laughs) So so that's why I think that there's an art to managing up. Um, for the for the three C's that we had touched on before, and we've sort of, you know, dipped our toes into some of them. Um, when we go through connection, communication, and collaboration, I would like to just, if you can, succinctly describe what each of those means in the context of leadership, just so that I have like a soundbite for those three, because I just, I, they've sort of intermingled amongst everything else, but just to make it really, really simple, because those are the three core concepts of the book. So, they are. Yeah, sure. So high level around what they are each at. So connection, as I said before, at its core, leadership is a relationship and the quality is built on a foundation of connection. So how do we get there? The first big piece to creating connection is empathy. That is showing people you understand them and care how they feel. As Maya Angelou said it best, I think she said, people won't remember what you did. They won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And there's all sorts of neuroscience that'll back that up. So in this section, we look at what is empathy, what gets in the way, things like impatience, fear, power get in the way of empathy. And then I look at some simple tools on how you can strengthen your empathy muscles, doing things like being curious, being more open, listening with purpose. These are all things that can make you a more empathic and connected leader. 
Another big piece to connection also is credibility. That is, if people don't believe you as the messenger, they're not going to believe your message. So what are some things that you can do to strengthen your credibility in the eyes of people you lead? Here's a really simple thing that anybody can do. Show up to your meetings on time. Think about it. Being on time is the easiest thing in the world to measure. You're either in your seat or on the Zoom call or you're not. And we know that everything we do and don't do sends a clear message. When you're there on time, it sends a message. When you're not there, it sends a message. So that's one of the key things to credibility. So those are the two main components to connection. You've got empathy and you've got credibility. Looking at communication, communication is one of the most challenging things for people to do well. What I found in my research is that leaders spend somewhere between 70 to 90% of their time actually in communication of some kind with other people. So it is a huge thing. And it also turns out to be ranked the number one challenge at work in general. This has been going on for decades. Communication is our biggest challenge. So first to take a look at what are the things that get in the way? And one of the biggest, and to use an analogy here, Scott, you ever been to a carnival and seen the ring toss in the midway? You know, of course, really yeah. The, yeah. Never, never win it, but yes. Of never course. win it, but you've seen it, right? So if you think about in communication, you can think of it as three rings. So one ring is what you mean. The other ring is what you say. And then the third ring is what I hear. So for communication to be aligned, to create understanding, all those three rings have to be on top of each other, which as you can imagine, it's hard enough to get one in the carnival to getting all three is really, really challenging. So I take a look at the fact that the goal of communication isn't communication's sake. The goal of communication is to create shared understanding. And the reason that shared understanding is so important is because understanding becomes the, flat, the platform on which we take all future action. If we have a solid foundation of understanding, we can make great decisions and create good results. If we have a tippy-toppy, shaky platform of under, I think I understand, maybe, I don't know, then we're going to make poor decisions and get poor results, which is why getting to the heart of understanding is so critical. So we take a look at things that get in the way and then look at some simple tools that you can use to grow your communication and get understanding. I'll just share a simple tool. I call it asking for a receipt. So if you think about what are receipts in life, they are proof or confirmation of a completed transaction. So you buy something, you get a receipt. It's proof you bought it. So if you buy a candy bar, you might think, I don't need the receipt, but I bet you would never dream of buying a house or a car without getting the receipt because it's important. So in communication, asking for a receipt is your ability to confirm that your information has not just been received, but it's been understood. And a really simple story that brings this to life comes from the fast food industry. So we're back to fast food again. Um, so in the 1980s, they were introducing drive-thrus to all the fast food restaurants. And back then, the process was a nightmare. It was really common for people to go up and order their food from the intercom. And then they drive up to the window and they pick it up and be filled with orders and filled with mistakes. All the orders would be filled with mistakes. And this was consistent for like two years this went on. And then suddenly, drive-thru mistake rates just started to plummet. And you might wonder, what was the big technology they introduced? It was so simple. Basically, the employees started repeating the orders back to the customer before they start to make the food. I mean, isn't that the simplest thing? It's, it's very simple. It seems now right. common sense. Right. right. It seems like common sense, but it wasn't happening. And here's the thing. How many of us have meetings where we all shoot around these ideas and let's do this, let's do that. And the meeting ends and we haven't circled back around and said, all right, Scott, so what are you doing exactly? What am I doing? Right. And so... 
You think if Taco Bell will do this simple technology for a 99 cent taco, don't you think our business meetings worth the same level of clarity? So anyway, it's a simple example of one tool that we can use to be better communicators. Very good. And then you got the last C, which is collaboration. And if we think about it, especially in this modern 21st century age, is we can't actually make someone be a good collaborator. Right? Com com comply, be, a good, be motivated, be engaged, go. I mean, that's very command and control. So what we want to do as leaders is create conditions where collaboration and motivation is most likely to happen. And to do that, we need to put in place an environment where certain specific needs get met. Turns out that everyone in any organization who wants to get a job done has certain needs. And the four main needs that I cover, we all have a need for safety. And that can be physical safety, which is why we're all working from home right now, for example. There's also psychological safety. So do I feel free to be able to speak up in a meeting and say, I don't understand this, or I think I made a mistake. Can I say that without feeling like it's a career limiting move? Also, does everyone on the team have equal air time? Or when the team comes together, do we only hear from one or two people again and again, and other people just never share? So that's a big piece is around psychological safety. So you got safety. Another big piece to a collaborative environment is people need to have energy. They want to work in an energized environment. And many people can describe their workplace as like zombie haven, right? It's just like, oh, it's so dull and like everything is boring and boring. You know, the bar can be really low. So what are things that we can do to create a more energized workplace? Here's another simple tool that you can use is if you have meetings and you know they're going to go longer than 90 minutes, schedule a break. I know it's a radical concept, but we've all been on those two-hour conference calls, those three-hour meetings, like, oh, I can't think. Are we going to take a break? Like, know that in advance, there's diminishing returns to the human psyche. You need to schedule breaks. It's so simple, but how many of us do it intentionally? So there's safety, there's energy. Third one is around purpose. We all have a need to feel that what we do matters and that how we do what we do is important and that we can contribute to something bigger than ourselves. So as leaders, how are we reminding people that what they do matters? And there are a lot of things that we can do, including telling stories about how what we do impacts our customer. You know, I was working last year with an auto tire manufacturer and we we're doing some work around helping them to be a more customer-centric culture. And this one woman said, I don't really touch the customer. I don't really deal with the customer. I said, what do you do? She said, I work in finance. I write out invoices. I said, interesting. Do those invoices go to the customer? Yeah. So do you think the quality of your invoice makes a difference to the customer? Oh, of course it does. So she, again, she didn't realize how what she does mattered and made a difference. And so many people get so stuck in their own little part of the bigger picture, they lose sight of that. So what can we do to remind people of their purpose? And the fourth need is around ownership. The fact is we all do better work when we feel free and autonomous to do things in the way we want to. It unleashes our creativity. Again, no one likes a micromanager telling us, do this first, then that, then this, then that. We want to be able to be free. So those four needs, safety, energy, purpose, and ownership are key to unlocking a culture of great motivation and collaboration. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. 
Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink 
what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 